Pastor Ed Taylor with a question for us to mull over. Does the Lord have your ear? Does he have your ear in his word? Does he have his, your ear in that still small voice and that inward walk of the Holy Spirit? Does he have your ear when you're challenged, when you're tested? Does he have your ear when, when he's obviously wanting to do a work of humility in your life? He's wanting to bring you back to nothingness. Why? So that he can be everythingness. I just made that word up, but it works. Nothingness, everythingness. It can't be a little bit of you and all God. You're either a doulos or you're not. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. Where did I put my keys? How many of us have shouted out that question as we've headed out the door in the morning? Or how about a longtime friend who you haven't seen for a while comes up to you and you're searching for a name and can't come up with one? We're forgetful people by nature, but today on Abounding Grace, we'll look at some verses loaded with some things that we must never forget. And it starts with remembering who you are, a servant. Pastor Ed Taylor is about to introduce our study of 2 Peter, and today we'll give attention to the opening greeting. Take your Bibles, open them to Luke chapter 22 and 2 Peter chapter 1. Luke chapter 22, 2 Peter chapter 1, in a Bible study that I've entitled, Don't Look Anywhere But to Jesus. Don't Look Anywhere But to Jesus. Now, when I think of our beloved Pastor Peter, as we've been studying through 1 Peter, he's so encouraging to us in our walk in the Lord. He encourages us both in his letters and especially by his life. First, when I study the life of Peter, I notice that I'm so much like him. So many of the attributes that I see in him, I've seen in myself. I will often talk instead of listening. I find myself sleeping when I should be praying. I step out impulsively when I should be standing still. And oh, by the way, I stand still when I should be stepping out and obeying God. Peter made these huge mistakes, but Jesus loved him still. That's so beautiful to me. He made all of these mistakes. And he often becomes this little kicking post, if you will, for the jokes for pastors and teachers. But when I look at the life of Peter and I do an in-depth study of his life, a character study... A lot of the things he's done, I've done. A lot of the things he's done, I do. And I'm encouraged that Jesus loves me still too. The second thing that Peter encourages us in is that despite, when I'm remembered and when you're remembered, I won't be remembered by my failures. But I'll be remembered, my life will be remembered by God's faithfulness. Because we do remember Peter's failures, not like we can forget them. But the big picture of Peter is, man, God is faithful in his life. That even when he was unfaithful and faithless, God remained faithful, restored him and used him. That's what I want you to see in chapter 22 of Luke. It's one of those insights into the life of Peter. Notice with me in verse 31, would you? Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Now just imagine for a moment being Peter, listening to Jesus. This is Jesus Christ. 
speaking to Peter. Just kind of put yourself in his, in his shoes. The Lord said, Simon Sidon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he might sift you as wheat. And you just pause there and you, you, you have to wonder, right, in that one line there, if Peter goes, well, what, what did you tell him? Why, what did you say? But the answer was this, I prayed for you, that your faith should not fail. And when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And by the way, verse 33, I believe, is a sincere response for Peter. I believe he believes it. And I believe he would have done it. How do I know that? Or why do I believe it so strongly? Because you know in the garden, he was willing to take out, he was willing to lay his life on the line for Jesus by pulling out his sword. It wasn't the right thing to do. It was an impulsive decision. But he was ready to lay his life down for his Savior and his best friend. I think he was willing to do. I think he was there in this place. He didn't really know himself, kind of like you and me. We don't fully know ourselves. Like God is revealing that to us. There are times when we think we're stronger than we really are. And there's also times when we think we're weaker than we really are. So God is revealing his character, his nature, his power in our lives. So even today as you're taking an assessment of your life, and he's like, you know, I'm just such a weak person. I'm just never going to amount to anything. I'm just so filled with failures. You're right. There may be failures in your life right now. I don't want to minimize that. Take it seriously. If it's sin, repent. Come to the Lord. Have godly sorrow. But you know, you're not as weak as you think you are because the Lord's in your life. He's your strength. And then others of you know it. You don't understand, Pastor. I'm so strong right now. I've never been stronger. I'm just in the best time in my life. And I'm so, you know, no, you better take, take heed. They, he who thinks he won't, you know, take heed lest he fall. Be careful. Knowledge puffs up and loves edifies. He who thinks he's something is nothing. He knows nothing as he ought yet to know. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Peter made it through. And I think he believed this. I, I think he meant it. And then, of course, verse 34 is Jesus predicting that he would deny him. And he did. And I was thinking back, you know, through it all, you know, the Bible teaches us that Jesus is praying for me too. And he's praying for you right now. Did you know the Bible teaches us? We learned it in Hebrews 7. You'll remember a few years ago when we were in Hebrews. It says that he always lives. This is Hebrews 7, 25. That Jesus always lives to make intercession. He's praying for you and me. Praying that our faith should not fail. And Peter made it. And he steadied on because Jesus prayed for him. And it's the same for us. We're people that want to do right. We want to live holy. We want to be good and live godly, but we mess up more than we want. We understand that our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. But even now, right here in this moment, Jesus knows the things we're facing, the things that are in our lives, the situations surrounding us, and he's praying for us. He's praying for us. That's who writes Peter in the second letter here that's known as 2 Peter. It's the man that's remembered by his faithfulness. A man of great failure, but a man of great failure wrote two books of the Bible and was in a prominent, he was a prominent vessel and tool in the hand of God. And here he is writing to us this second letter. It was written a couple years later after 1 Peter. It has a different feeling to it. Those of you that read ahead, has a different feeling to it, a different theme. Peter's audience is the same group of people, but the theme is different. Now in 2 Peter, he's addressing persecution and difficulty from believers. Having to deal with the difficulty of believers in troubling times. There were problems from the outside, yes, that's what we saw in 1 Peter. 
Second Peter, problems from the inside. And yes, there are always problems among us from other believers and even make-believers that are among us. False teachers poison the church. False believers. They love to take advantage of persecution, weakness, and division. Here we are. What a perfect timing of the Lord. We're in a place after great division. I mean, great division is still with us. We had the year of having to deal with the effects of restrictions and COVID and all that. Now we've got the year to see what the results are. You're always looking, oh, I can't wait to get back to normal, which will never be. So now that we're in a new season, now we're going to begin to see the results and the revelation of these tests upon believers. And let me just say, it will not all be enjoyable, perhaps even for you in your own personal life. It will not be enjoyable to see what had taken resident in your own heart that got shaken up by a rough year, and now God's saying, okay, now, now what? Now what will you do? Now how will you live? You've endured probably the most difficult global trial that you've ever experienced in your entire life, and you made it through. Now what? Is your faith strong? Are you following God or are you following a man? Are you elevating his word or someone's opinions? Now the real test comes as the results of the difficulties that we all endured. And it was an endurance, you know, like we learn in Hebrews, you have need to endure. Well, the believers here in First and Second Peter, they also endured great persecution, death, destruction, their property taken from them, loss in their community. And there's always problems on the outside. There's always outward attacks. There will always be issues with the government, and there will always be people that hate Christianity, always be people to try to change Christianity. But you know, there are also problems on the inside of every church too. Difficulties from believers. I read it once, I don't remember where, but I read this once and I quote, the devil loves to fish in troubled waters, end quote. So he's troubling everything up, so we're all distracted and all freaking out, and then boom, the enemy got you. It doesn't have to be a church. I mean, he'd love to destroy this church. He'd love to destroy Grace Church. He's successfully destroyed entire denominations, getting leaders off track, leaving the word of God. And he would love to destroy your faith in your home. Problems from the outside and problems from the inside are equally painful, but perhaps the greatest pain comes from inward problems betrayals, defections, divisions. They have a way of stinging a little bit more. People that you thought were strong not walking with the Lord anymore. That hurts, doesn't it? That was your friend. You, you, you shared a meal with them. You, you used to talk about the things of God. You studied the Bible together. You were in sweet fellowship, and now they're, they betrayed the Lord. And don't you feel it as a personal betrayal? Even though it wasn't towards you. Remember Elijah felt that? Nobody's around, nobody's around. And God said, no, no. No, I've got people reserved you don't even know about. But he felt the weight of the nation of Israel turning their back on God. You, you think the difficulty of Samuel, where he's looking for the next king, and everyone wants a king, wants a king, wants a king, and it broke his heart. But what did God say to him? God said, no, they haven't rejected you, they've rejected me. But we feel the sting of people rejecting God personally. Uh, how about those that come in with false teachings, and they draw people after themselves? Heretics, literally taking advantage of people in their most vulnerable moments. And that's what happens in churches. 
Peter writes to this encourage, uh, writes to encourage and exhort these discouraged believers to control, go, continue to grow in their faith. So notice, pick up with me in verse one. Same group, few years later, things have gotten harder, not easier. And chapter one, verse one opens. Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus, our Lord. Verse 3. As his divine power has given to us all things, you might want to mark that, given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have given, us to, given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Notice how Peter opens up. He doesn't open up with apostle. What does he open up with? Mark that word, bondservant. For you Bible students, you may already have this written down, but this is the Greek word doulos, D-O-U-L-O-S, doulos. It is a specific word used to describe a servant who voluntarily gives up his or her rights and privileges to devote their entire life to serve someone else. It is a voluntary choice to give up your personal rights and privileges and devote your life to serve someone else. And it's so encouraging to know that the place of the doulos is a place of surrender. It is a place of safety and security for that person. You know, it would be many times slavery in the New Testament would be a place where you would work. It would be more of an employer-employee relationship that we would compare, where you would work off a debt. Uh, it, it's a lot more harsher than our employee-employee, uh, employer relationships today. But the idea was many times they would work off a debt. After they would work off a debt, they had a choice. They could take their freedom and leave, or they could take their freedom and stay. Because a love relationship would be developed between the master and the servant. There would be a love relationship developed between the servant and the family. And there would be such care and concern that would be given that once the freedom was earned and the debt was paid off, you could take it and go or you could take it and stay. Listen, when you were born again, you made a voluntary choice to surrender yourself to the headship and leadership of Jesus Christ. And that was a very wise and safe decision. You made a safe decision when you trusted your life to Jesus, you became a doulos, one who's in a permanent relation of servitude. That your relationship, you know who your master is. And let me just say, many of the problems that's in the room right now, many of the problems of you guys listening on the radio right now, have everything to do with your unwillingness to surrender your life to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You're just playing games with Christianity. You're just going through the motions. You have not surrendered or you have pulled away from the lordship of Jesus Christ. Because when you are serving Lord Jesus, you don't have a choice. You've already made that choice. You made the choice to surrender as a servant. I remember years ago when uh, one, of the, one of the opportunities here served, uh, I asked one of the assistant pastors to do something. And it was, nothing, it was something simple, very simple. But he said, you know what? I, I need to talk to my wife and pray about it. All right. Go ahead, talk to your wife and pray about it. 
And he came back and, and through whatever consult he had with his wife, he said, no, I don't think I want to do that, Ed. I mean, seriously, it was nothing, no big deal. It was something super easy. Another pastor wouldn't take care of it. So he said, no, I don't, I don't want to. I don't think we, me and my wife, we don't want to do that. I don't think it's for me. And, and part of my discipleship at the moment is like, hey, man, I'm going to honor this because I think God's revealing something in your life right now. I'm going to honor in your life. But I just want you to know something. When you came on staff here, you said yes to this. I don't know where it came now where you're saying no, but you said yes when you came on and you received the worship money to provide for your family. You said yes to serve this congregation. You said yes to take care of this simple task. It was a simple thing. It was nothing huge. It was, I mean, I'm going to honor if you want to pray about it, but, you know, pray about it for 30 seconds. I think it's from the Lord. It's obvious. Just do it. It's from the Lord. You know, it's kind of like what we saw in a previous message, right? You know, if your kids, when your parents say, clean up your room, don't be copping and attitude. Oh, you know, let me pray about it. I think I'll pray about it. Should I put clean my, no, just clean your room, man. It's the right thing to do. Obey your parents. And, and, you know, I think that there are times when you respond, the Lord has told you to do something and you go, oh, let me pray about it, which is kind of Christianese for, I really don't want to do it. And the answer to my fake prayer will, I'm not going to do it. The Lord told you to do it. He, he gave you directions, not sin. It's not even in the gray area. It's just like, well, you know, for example, you get a burden, you know, um, talk to the person you're standing next to. Just ask them how they're doing. Oh, I don't know. I don't my spirit. I don't know. I'm so scared. I don't know what to do. And I don't, yeah, but the Lord told you to do it. Just do it. Well, I don't understand how, I, okay, but the Lord told you to do it. Don't worry about what's going to happen. Just do and be obedient to what God is telling you right now. And I just know there are those listening to me right now that refuse to obey God in the simplest matters. And you wonder why your home is in such disarray. You've got to go back to the simple things. You're a doulos or you're not. You're either living as one or you're not. You know, with the doulos, there was a ceremony when they paid off their debts. There was actually a ceremony. There was a ceremony where the servant would put his ear up on the doorpost of, doorpost of the home and they would take an awl and they would, like piercing your ear, they would put it in the earlobe and they would hammer that awl into the wood through the ear. You know what would happen? They would then put an earring in the opening and that would identify them as a voluntary servant of the home. There were other servants and there were voluntary servants. They have an uh, earring in their ear. But you know what else would happen? The piece of the ear at the end of the awl would stay in the doorpost. And the master would have that servant's ear. Does the Lord have your ear? Does he have your ear in his word? Does he have his, your ear in that still small voice and that inward walk of the Holy Spirit? Does he have your ear when you're challenged, when you're tested? Does he have your ear when, when he's obviously wanting to do a work of humility in your life? He's wanting to bring you back to nothingness. Why? So that he can be everythingness. I just made that word up, but it works. Nothingness, everythingness. It can't be a little bit of you and all God. You're either a doulos or you're not. But you made that choice when you were born again. You said, it's almost as if you were saying, I know you didn't use these words, but it's almost like you were saying, you know what, I've, I've lived my life to this point and it's empty. And it is, you know, for some it's destructive. I realize that God has created me in his image. I've sinned against him. And I commit my life to follow him. Who has your ear, church? Who has your ear? I did a whole study on this. If you want to look it up in Romans about who you're listening to. Who has your ear? I'll tell you why. Whoever has your ear has you. That's why you've been changing. That's why your attitude's different. Who you've been listening to? Who you've been following? What, you, what have you been reading? Whoever has your ear has you. 
You become like your teacher. That's what Jesus said. You become like your teacher. And so if you got this teacher, this teacher, this teacher, all these teachers, no wonder you're so mixed up. Or if this new one caught your ear because, oh yeah, well now you're becoming like them. That's why you're different. And that's why teachers have to be careful, don't they? Don't we? Because we're going to receive a stricter judgment. Why? Because when you teach the word of God, it's serious stuff. You don't want to mess around with God's word. And Peter here, he's like, I'm just a bonser. Yeah, I'm also an apostle. Yeah, he says that. Oh, I'm an apostle of Jesus. But his go-to is I'm a bonser. That's who I am. You want to know who I am? Oh, I hang out with Jesus. Yeah, I was one of the 12. Yeah, I'm the one he restored, man. He loved me so much, he gave me a second chance. No, I'm just a doulos. Because that's what humility will do to you. You won't ask for anything. You're just like, man, I just want to serve the Lord. I just want to live my life. I just want to take, you know, you think of doulos in relationship to Jesus Christ. How about doulos in the home? What does doulos look like in the home? You're just a servant. What's doulos look like at the, at the workplace? You're just a servant. You're just known for your love and your care. And to me, it's so encouraging to know that God has called us to serve. And one more thing when I think of doulos, because I think this could be a whole Bible study in and of itself. But when I think, hear of Peter saying that he's a bondservant, I'm reminded that among us, there are no super Christians and normal Christians. There aren't those like, well, you know what? When I grow up, I want to be just like you. No, we're all the same. We're all just in a different part of our journey following Jesus. There, there's no commoners in the church and celebrities. You know, there's no Christian royalty where we all live behind fences and, you know, all that. Like, you know, you're untouchable. No, no, no. Everybody's in the same place. We all are in the same place. We are recipients of, the God's, of God's grace and every day, every moment. <laughs> I mean, who needs more grace among us today? Just say, give me an, like, like Kevin said, this would be a good place for Amen. How many of you need a, point, a new, fresh anointing of grace? Yeah, that's right. That's, that's a me. Like, there's no celebrities here. We're all in the same boat. Oh, but Ed, you know, we see you more. That's actually not all that good. I have all these eyes looking at my life, scrutinizing my life. I mean, it's like I live above reproach. You really want that? You really think God's called you to that? God bless you. Be faithful to it. But don't think it's going to get easier don't think you're going to rise above servanthood. Well, you know, Ed, well, you've been doing this 21 years. You must, you must have uh, succeeded and graduated from Dulos University. No way. The role that God has given me requires more servanthood, not less. So we're all to be servants of Jesus, even pastors and teachers. We're just getting started with our study of 2 Peter here on Abounding Grace. Maybe like most, you've sort of glossed over this greeting in the past, but as Pastor Ed Taylor has pointed out, there is a lot here for us to take in. Catch a replay when you visit AboundingGraceRadio.com. If you haven't already downloaded the free app, simply search for Ed Taylor in the App Store or Google Play. We also have a podcast. Here in the month of February, we've picked out an excellent book written by Catherine McDougall titled Ebenezer Stones. You'll see how just an ordinary stone can remind you of our extraordinary God. As you read Ebenezer Stones, you'll be taken on a journey through the many ways that God is faithful in our lives, from bringing us into a relationship with Him to changing us from the inside out, providing for and guiding us and protecting us too. 
Read all about it in Ebenezer Stones. And we'll send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. And please remember, it's through your financial support that we're able to come to you day by day on this station. Your gift, whatever the size, would be greatly appreciated and put to good use. Request your book today by calling us toll-free 877-30-GRACE. Again, 877-30-GRACE. You can also make your request at calvaryco.store on the web. Again, that's calvaryco.store. If you'd rather not have the book but still want to make a donation, that can be done rather easily at aboundinggraceradio.com. And the question is, how has Abounding Grace blessed you? We'd like to know. Just visit AboundingGraceRadio.com. Scroll down to the bottom of our homepage, and you can click on Connect With Us. Another way we can stay connected is through social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Find the links to each on our website. Again, it's AboundingGraceRadio.com. Don't miss our next study in 2 Peter. It's going to be a good one. That's tomorrow on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. And may God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora. 